Today is Easter and we are celebrating uh, the resurrection and I want to talk to you about resurrection power this morning and all year we have been, uh, this whole year in 2019, we have been talking about the supernatural. We've been talking about, um, you know, learning to walk in the supernatural. We've, uh, you know, the Lord spoke to me at the end of last year and said that 2019 will be a year that the supernatural becomes our natural. And, and you know, and, and man, we were hearing testimony after testimony about you guys, uh, how that's becoming a reality. Amen. And so as I was praying about, um, praying about the, you know, what to minister on this morning, um, I was kind of looking in different directions and looking, seeing what the Lord would have me to say. And, and he asked me this question. He said, he said, what could be more supernatural than the resurrection? Amen. And, you know, so I said, man, this fits right in with what we're talking about because, because remember, we've, we've kind of defined the supernatural as being uh, anything that, in, that God gets involved in becomes supernatural. Well, we know that, that, uh, that the whole process of Jesus coming and living and dying, and especially the process of Him being raised from the dead, is what? It, God was involved in that, right? And, you know, so it was definitely a supernatural thing. But what, you know, when we think about the resurrection... What is, you know, uh, the question, I guess the question is this. Why, why is the resurrection so important for us as Christians? Why is the resurrection so important? And look here, this, this scripture is very familiar to you in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And we use this, we actually use this scripture for salvation. This is a scripture that we, that we pull out and we, we talk about when, uh, when we're leading people to Jesus and when we're talking about salvation. But notice what it says here in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. It says that if, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Do you realize that you can't even be saved without believing in the resurrection? That's how important the resurrection is. He said that if you he said that if you that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So the the very core, the very essence of everything we believe as believers as Christians deals around the the resurrection. If you don't believe in the resurrection, then you don't have salvation. People, you know, I've heard people say, well, now I don't really, I don't really believe in a, in a literal resurrection. I don't think Jesus literally was raised again from the dead. Well, then you're not a Christian. Then you're not born again. I mean, that's just not my opinion. Isn't that just what he said here? He said that you have to believe in your heart that God literally raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Jesus himself, now listen, Jesus himself would say things you know, Paul talked a lot about the resurrection, and, and Jesus uh, made comments about the resurrection. He actually even called himself, turn over to John chapter 11, John chapter 11, and notice this, Jesus actually called himself the resurrection. This is the story, and I want to, I'm going to, we're going to look at about four or five passages of scripture, so y'all just turn fast and listen fast, and we'll get through this, amen, and uh, get you out in time for Easter, Easter lunch, amen. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 21. Now this is the story, of course, of when Lazarus died and Jesus is on his way back in. And, and of course, Jesus heard the word that Lazarus was sick and he stayed in Bethany for another three days. Then when he finally did come to, uh, to Lazarus' house, you know, Martha comes running out and, and Martha comes running out to him. And in verse 21, she said this in, in Luke, or I mean John 11, verse 21. 
It says, then, then said Martha to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it to thee. And Jesus, and Jesus said unto her, your brother shall, uh, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said, well, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection. She was talking about, you know, at the second, or, you know, when the, when the dead in Christ are raised, at the last day, you know, because they, they had been taught about that. But then notice what Jesus said. Jesus said unto her, he says, I am the resurrection. You know, and, and then he goes on to say this. He says, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he looked at her and says, do you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Martha said, well, I know in the last day that, that, that Lazarus will rise again. But Jesus looked at her and said, you don't have to wait for that power to the last day. He says, I am that resurrection today. And if you believe in me, he said, whoever believes in me can have that very same power living in them. Amen. And, but then he asked a very important question. He said, do you believe that? And you know, to be honest with you, that's the question that we have to ask ourselves today. Do we truly believe in the resurrection? Do we believe in the power of the resurrection? Because the power of the resurrection is where we get our power as Christians today. And there's many, many Christians that, that will deny the power of God and they will deny that, that God still does miracles. They say that that's passed away and God doesn't heal. God doesn't do miracles. God doesn't do this. God doesn't do that. That was only for back then. But what they are literally doing is denying the power of the resurrection. And they will live defeated lives. They will live just a ho-hum life and barely get by and just live in the flesh, live in the natural, and they will never, they will never experience the power of the resurrection in their physical life. Amen. Now look at uh, Romans chapter 1, and notice here what, what Paul told the church at Rome. I'm just giving you a couple, a couple brief passages here as, in, as an introduction, and then we'll, we'll get into the, the meat of this. In Romans chapter 1, Paul said this, in uh, verses 1 through 4, he said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated into the gospel of God, which he has promised uh, afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made the seed of David according to the flesh. Now look at verse number 4. And he declared, and declared to be, or Jesus declared himself to be, the Son of God with power. You know, that's what he said. Jesus, this is who we, we declare, and Jesus declared, and, and we all declare Jesus to be, is that He is the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Paul tied the resurrection to the power that, that demonstrated that Jesus was the Son of God. Paul said, you know what, Jesus declared that He was the Son of God, and it was a spirit of holiness. He said, but the power that allowed that to happen was the power of the resurrection that raised Him from the dead. There is, listen, there is power in believing the Word of God. There is power in believing that the resurrection was, did happen, and that the resurrection is still available for us today. 
that that same power is still available. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians. I want to show you something else that Paul said. In 1 Corinthians, now this whole chapter actually deals with the resurrection. And, and if you remember from history, we know that there was a whole group of people in Paul's day and even in Jesus' day that did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe, in, in, they didn't believe that, that, that humans had spirits. They thought that just when you died, you died and, and there was no afterlife. And they, they totally did not believe in the resurrection. And they were a sad group of people. That's why they were called Sadducees. So, so see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe uh, that, that, you know, that Jesus, that would, not only did they didn't believe in Jesus, but they didn't believe in any type of resur- resurrection. They believed that when you, when you died, you died, and that was it. So, Paul, you know, Jesus combated those folks, you know, was, was, you know, dealt with those folks. Paul dealt with those folks. And here in, in, in now you could read this whole chapter, but for the sake of time, we won't, uh, we're just going to pick up in verse number uh, verse number 12, I guess, we'll pick up. You know, so Paul, I mean, this whole chapter deals with the resurrection, though, and, and really Paul's dealings with the Sadducees. And, and because they were, they were coming up against Paul saying that, you know, Jesus didn't actually literally rise from the dead because there is no resurrection. Well, Paul starts talking about this, and he says this in verse number 12. He says, um, and this is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. He says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? So he, asked, he, said, he said, so if it's true that there is no resurrection of the dead, he said, then Jesus isn't risen from the grave then. And he says, and if Christ be not risen, then is not our preaching in vain and your faith also vain? So Paul's laying this sermon out here. He's laying this 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 uh, plot out here, and he says, "Listen, if you don't believe in the resurrection, then he said Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. He said my preaching's in vain, and he said even your faith is in vain. He said it's all useless. If Jesus, if there is no resurrection, if Jesus literally didn't raise from the dead, if he's just like everybody else, and there's no resurrection, then he said everything we're doing here is in vain." And he goes on to say in verse 15, he says, And yes, we are found, and he said, Yeah, and also, we are found to be false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. Now, in the first part of uh, chapter 15, Paul goes through the whole list of people that Jesus appeared to. He said he appeared to Peter, he appeared to Mary, he appeared to the, the other women, he appeared to 500 people, and then he said, and he appeared to me also. You know, so he laid out, a, and these were first-hand accounts of people that gave testimony that Jesus literally appeared to them after his resurrection. You know, so Paul, and then, so Paul comes down, he says, so, he said, so, he says, so if that is true, if there's no resurrection, he said, then I'm a false witness. He said, I'm a liar. And we're, he said, we're telling lies about God. Verse 16, so he says, For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Or in other words, he said, if, if there is no resurrection, then Jesus is not raised from the dead. But verse 17, so he starts, he starts you know, he, he's tying this up here, and he says, And if Christ be not raised, then your faith is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. 
So he said, you know, you can't even have... What, what he was saying was this. He says, you can't even have forgiveness of sins if Jesus hadn't raised from the dead. Because, see, you understand that the only reason that, there, that, that death came into the world is because of sin. Right? And the Bible said the last enemy that's going to be defeated is what? Is going to be death. Well, when Jesus was raised from the dead, guess what he just did? He just defeated death. And if he defeated death, then what does that mean? If he defeated death, then that means he defeated sin. Because the only reason death is in the, in the world is because of sin. And if he defeated the greater in death, then the lesser sin is taken care of as well. So Paul said, listen, he said, he said, if you want to say there is no resurrection, then you are still in your sins. Man, that's a pretty sad case, isn't it? And he goes on to say, and he says in verse 18, he says, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. He said, everybody that's died before, before this time, he said, they're gone. They're, he said, they're, you know, he said, so sorry, but there's nothing left for them. They're perished. You know, man, he's, he's laying it out. Verse 19, he goes on to say this. Now listen, this is an incredible statement. In verse 19, he says this. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Paul said, he said, listen, he said, if there is no resurrection, then he said, if the only hope we have of Jesus is what we have in this life, then he said, we are, we are among all men the most miserable people alive. Because, you know, what is our hope as Christians? What, what is the hope of Christians? The hope of every Christian is one day we're going to go be with Jesus in eternity. One day we're going to be free from, from all of this, this junk down here. And we're going to be in heaven. We're going to be in eternity, living in eternity with Jesus, you know, in the sweet by and by, as we always say. But Paul said, listen, he said, if there is no resurrection, then we are among all men the most miserable people alive. Because, because what, basically what he was saying was this, because Jesus can't do us any good in this life if there is no resurrection. Because he was just another man. Because what made Jesus, what made Jesus, you know, what gave him, we read it in, in Romans 1, but what gave him the, the upper hand on everybody else. It was the fact that he rose from the dead. There were many good men that made the case and said, I'm a savior and I'm, 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 I'm here to do this and to do that. And there was many men that went to the grave and did great things. Right? But there's only been one that has raised from the dead and that has done everything that, that, that accomplished everything he said that would be accomplished. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, so it's by, the, it's by the resurrection, by His resurrection, by Him being raised from the dead, it's because of Him being raised from the dead that He has the power and that is proven that He is the Son of God. Amen. And so He goes on to say in verse 20, But now, He says, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and He has become the firstfruits of them that slept. So, so Paul turned it around and he says, but I want you to know this. He said, but I want you to know that Jesus did rise from the dead and he is the first fruits of all of those that will rise. Now what does that mean? When he said he was the first fruits, what that meant was this. He was the first of many. 
And guess who's included in that number? All of those that believe in the resurrection. All of those that believe on Jesus Christ, confess Jesus with their mouth, believe that God raised Him from the dead. We are part of that number that just as Jesus will be the first, He was the first fruit, we are going to be part of that resurrection. And not only that, not only, not only is it uh, future tense that we will be part of that resurrection, but here I've got some even better news for you. We get to partake of that resurrection right now. See, because if, if, it, if it only dealt with the future, that would be good enough. We could say, man, you know, we could literally say, well, we got our ticket punched, that's all we got to worry about. You know, and one day when I die, then, you know, then I'll go to heaven and everything will be fine. But that's not the only thing that the resurrection did for us. The resurrection actually did a lot more for us, and I, I want to show you that. Let's look at a couple other scriptures here. Now, you could go on and, you could go on and read the rest of Chapter 15, because it's uh, 58 verses, and all of it deals with the resurrection. I just don't have time to deal with all that this morning. You can go and read this chapter and see everything else Paul said about the resurrection. But let's turn to Romans chapter 8 real quick. I want to just show you a couple scriptures, and, uh, and then we'll be finished this morning. Romans chapter 8. I just want to remind you, and I want to encourage you, that, that believing in the supernatural, believing in the power of God, is the only way that you and I are going to live a successful life in this world. If you don't believe in the resurrection, if you don't believe in the power of God, if you say there are no miracles, that God doesn't heal, that, that it's not God's will to heal, it's not God's will to prosper, then I would say, I would agree with Paul and say, you are among all men most miserable. Because, if you, because what you're saying is you don't believe in the power that raised Jesus from the dead, and that's the very power that empowers the Christians today. And here in Romans chapter 8, we see this. Look at verse number 5. Verse number 5. And we, we've talked about this, and we've even looked at some of these scriptures here in the, in the last uh, couple months here in, in 2019. But uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now to be carnally minded is just simply this. To be carnally minded is to think like the world thinks. That's to be carnally minded. To, to, think, to think naturally without the power of God. You know, now we've talked about this, and, and those of you that's been with us, we've said that, you know, you can, you can live your life without God if you want to, and you can make it. I mean, you can, you can go through, and because the reality is that many, many people, many, many Christians go through their day-to-day -day life without even thinking about God. They leave the house, they get up early, or they get up, they get up late, I should say. They, they don't have time to read their Bible. You know, they're droggy in the morning, they hadn't had their coffee, they hadn't had their, 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 you know, their wake up, whatever, and, and they're ill and hateful and, and that, you know, and nobody wants to talk to them and they don't have time to read the Bible. They get to work, they're confronted with all these problems and, and they're just thrust into the day and they're just go, 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 and then by lunchtime, they just want to sit down because they're so exhausted and they want to get something to eat and just forget about everything and then they just want to get through the rest of the day five o'clock they just want to beat the traffic they want to get home they want to take you know put in some put their jammies on or whatever and sit down and veg out in front of the tv set until it's time to go to bed 
and then get up tomorrow and do the same thing. And where is God in all of that? They just live their day without God. And what, and what I'm saying is this. See, that is carnal. That is, that is living after the world. That is thinking the way the world thinks. You're acting like everybody else acts in this world. But here Paul said this in, in Romans. Paul saying, listen, to be carnally minded is death. You are, you, know, you are living a life of death if you don't involve God in it. Because all of your choices without God lead to death. There's not a choice in the world that does not involve God that leads to life. And there's not a choice in the world that, leads, that involves God that will lead you to death. Other than maybe martyrdom. <laughs> you know, I mean, just obeying God and being martyred for Him. But you know what? Even in that... There's a crown set aside for the martyrs. You know, we talked about that. I opened up talking about that, those, that, those, those attacks in, in uh, Sri Lanka, you know, and, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, I don't, however you say it. But, you know, there's over 200 people lost their lives this morning because, just simply because they went to church. There were like eight or ten bombings in churches and in hotel buildings where people were meeting to gather. And they, they were warned last week not to meet today because they were warned that they were going to be attacked. And these people still showed up. And they lost their life. And you know what? The Bible says, we, we're, we've seen this on Wednesday nights as we've studied some of this the last couple of weeks. There's a special crown that's set aside for those that lose their life for Jesus. But every choice that you make for God leads to life. It doesn't lead to death. But to be carnally minded, he said, is death. But to be spiritually minded, he says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, he goes on to say this, because the spiritual, or because the carnal mind is enmity, or it's against God, it's fighting against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Man, what a statement. But then look at verse 9. He says this. He says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But now notice this next couple of verses. Listen to this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead, if, he, if that Spirit dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So he's talking about being carnally minded and being spiritually minded. And he's saying if you're carnally minded, every, your, your, your life is tending toward death. If you're spiritually minded, your, your, your life is tending toward uh, the life and spirit and peace. But then he goes a step further and he says, how do, how do you do that? He says, how you do that? He said, it's based on the spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwelling in you. Yes. Now let me ask you a question. How does the spirit that, that rose Christ from the dead, how does he dwell in you? Well, we read it in Romans 10. 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. The moment you believe, the moment you confess Jesus as Lord and say, I believe in the resurrection, at that moment, then the resurrection power comes to live on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, your mortal body, this, this natural body, is quickened with the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And you're able to do things and say things and go and do and, and just and experience things that you were not able to before that very resurrection power came in your life. Now, does that mean that your life will be perfect? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, it'll probably be, you know, you'll get more tests and more trials than you ever did before. Because how many of you know if you're going the same way as the devil, he won't bother you most of the time? But it's when you start going the opposite way that tests and trials and attacks will come. But the good news is this. You have the very same spirit living in you that raised Jesus from the dead. The greatest, the greatest enemy that everybody is afraid of. You realize the greatest thing that people are afraid of is death. There's phobias. You know, I don't know how many thousands of phobias there are you know people are afraid of this and afraid of that and afraid of this but you realize all of those phobias they 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 originate from one thing from the fear of death if you're afraid of water you're not just afraid of water you're afraid of drowning and dying in water if you're afraid of small confined places you're not just afraid because there's walls all the way around you you're you're afraid that you're going to lose your breath and die in that tight place if you're afraid of spiders, it's not just because that thing has eight legs and moves around. You're afraid that that thing's going to bite you or jump on you and kill you. You see, every phobia really doesn't necessarily have to do just entirely with that thing you're afraid of. It has to do with the fact that you're afraid of that thing is going to lead to death. And see, so if you can settle the, the issue of death, then there's no reason to be afraid of anything. I heard, I heard one person put it like this, you can't truly live until you're ready to die. Because if you're always afraid of something, then you'll never truly live. But when you do away with the fear, the fear of death, then guess what? Then why not live? What's the worst thing that can happen to me? The worst thing that can happen to me is that I die. And you know what? You know what happens when I die? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So why would I worry about that? I mean, that would be actually the greatest thing that could happen to me. Paul even said that. Paul said, he said, I'm at a, tw he said, I'm at a hard place between two. He said, he said, he said you know, I, I know I need to stay here with you. But he said, but I want to go be with Jesus. <laughs> you know, and he says, I know that to be with you is a lot better, so I'm going to stay, stick around a little bit longer. He says, but I, I, I've got my eye on the prize. Amen. So the, listen, so what happened with Jesus, what, what it said here, notice what it said. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit and that dwelleth in you. So everything that happened to Jesus, the, the, the Bible tells us that the greatest power that God ever exerted was when he raised Jesus from the dead. And that very same power lives on the inside of you now. And if that's true, 
then there should be nothing that we're afraid of. There should be nothing that we're worried about. There should be nothing that we, that we are confronted with that we don't say, I have the answer to that. Amen. And it's the power of God living on the inside of me. Amen. One last scripture, Ephesians chapter 1. Man, I just, I, I just wanted to stir you. This just stirred me up as I was studying this, and I just want to stir you up some this morning. <clears throat> and just to encourage you to, to let you know that, that listen, you can't, we can't base our theology off of our experiences. Because you know what? None of us have ever experienced everything God wants us to. And if we base our theology on that, we're selling ourselves way short. Amen. We need to base our theology off of what God's Word says. And, and now listen, this is just two verses, and we could read a lot more than this, but this is the, the, from the uh, prayer that Paul prayed and uh, here to the church. And I love these, you know, I mean, I love these, these verses. In Ephesians 1, verse 19 and 20, Jesus said this, or Paul said this here to the church at Ephesus. He says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. So, so Paul called this the mighty power of God. The working of the mighty power of God. But he said this, notice in the first of verse 19, he says that that exceeding greatness of his power is working toward us. The, the mighty power that God exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead... After he raised Jesus from the dead, he took that power and he turned it and he pointed it right at you. And he said, that same power that I just raised Jesus from the dead with is pointing right toward you right now. And all you have to do is believe it and receive it and walk in it. And when you believe that power, when you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of me now, then there's nothing in this world that can ever stop you from becoming everything that God has called you to be. There's no disease, there's no sickness, there's no temptation, there's no, there's no uh, lack, there's no poverty, there's, there's nothing that can, that can, uh, that can, even comprehend that can even compare to the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now you see, most people would agree with that. Oh yeah, man, that was some great power, God. You know, because we we get this picture of of Jesus, and and you know when he died on the cross, we get this picture of all these demons, and and when Jesus, when his spirit went to hell, and I believe I believe he literally went to hell to take our place there. And when his spirit was in hell, don't you know that every demon that Satan has jumped on him and was torturing him and was doing everything they could to, to laugh and scorn and, and say, see, we got you. You thought you were all that, but you're nothing. You know, you're, you're down here in the depths of hell now, forgotten by your God. Until that third morning. When all of a sudden there was a rumble and a shaking. And you know, when Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, when they were in shackles and chains and, and they started calling out praises, started praising God in the midnight hour, that was just a warm-up. Because it says that when they started praising Him, that the, all of a sudden the ground started shaking. And said every prison door opened up and every chain fell off. And every prisoner walked out of, that, walked out of their, their prison cells. Well, that was, just a, that was just a foretaste of what was to come. Because on that third day in hell, 
All of a sudden, the Bible, the Bible doesn't really describe everything that happened that day, but, but we, can, we can improvise a little bit here, and you can, you can let your mind run with mine. But could you imagine that they're there and they're thinking, yeah, it's been three days and, and nothing's happening. Man, we've got this. And, and you know, the, the world up there, everybody in the, in the natural world is in chaos. And, and, the, and all the, the Christians are hiding. All the disciples are hiding. They're nowhere to be found. We've got this. But then all of a sudden, his hands started to shake a little bit. His body started to shake a little bit. All of a sudden, the ground started shaking a little bit. Come on. And the Bible says that the power, that the mighty power of God was focused and was, was, was laser beamed right toward Jesus. And that power, the mighty power of God rose Him from the dead, raised Him from the dead. And the Bible says that He took captive captivity that, He took captivity captive that day. And He took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And when he came out, he came out victorious. Never have to go back again. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 says this, that he tasted death for all men. You know why he tasted death for all men? You know why he tasted death for you? Jesus Christ himself tasted death for you so you wouldn't have to. Now we're talking about spiritual death. If Jesus tarries his coming, listen, all of us will die one day. We'll all be put in a casket or, or, you know, cremated or whatever happens, you know, whatever, whatever your plans are. I mean, every one of us, if Jesus tarries His coming, that's going to happen. But you know what? What He was talking about, He wasn't talking about physical death. He was talking about a spiritual death. Because if you believe in the resurrection, the Bible tells us this, that we will never die. Those that believe in Him will never die. Why is that? Because when, because I just said it a minute ago. What's the worst thing that can happen to a Christian, to a believer? The worst thing that happened in the natural to a believer is for, for them to take their last breath and for their heart to stop beating. But spiritually speaking, that's just a transition over into the spiritual eternity. Into the greatest thing that we'll ever experience. But, but... We don't have to put it all off to the future. What I'm saying is this. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you and it's available for you and for me to walk in the same power that Jesus walked in. If, if the depths of hell could not stop that power, then what else has Satan got? He took his best shot at Jesus. He took, him, he took him to the darkest, deepest place that he could go. He, he put him in hell, the place that nobody ever gets out of, until God raised him from the dead. And he, 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 when he got up, he just went up to Satan and probably slapped him and said, I'll take those keys back, thank you. And grabbed those keys, and when he when he left, he brought captivity with him. Those that those that were in paradise, those that had believed in God, he brought them out, led them in a processional uh, triumphant victory parade. Come on! And then he turned around. He turned around, and, and when he the first thing he said, one of the first things he said to his disciple disciples was, "I've got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Now you go." In other words, what he said, "I've got them. Now here they are." Let's go take care of business. And that same power... Now listen, and I know people say, oh, well, that's, that's good for the disciples, and that was good because they needed that for the early church, and they needed that for then, and, and, but that's, that power is not available to us today. 
When did God lose His power? What, whatever took away the power of God, whatever, what, whatever drained one iota of anything that God has ever done. You think Satan's gained power? You think he's got strong enough now to where, to where he can overcome the power that, Je- that God raised Jesus from the dead with? If he did, boy, we're all in trouble. If, Je- if, if Jesus has lost any of his power, then w- we, we are in some serious trouble. But you want to know why, why we don't see the power? Listen to this. I about forgot this. This is from the Passion Translation of Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. The Passion Translation says this in the verses we just read. He says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Through faith in what? Faith in the resurrection. Faith in what Jesus did, right? But then listen to this. He says, Then your lives will be an advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. Man, God wants us to be a giant billboard for Him. He wants us to be an advertisement to the world that the power of God is still alive and well in 2019. In America of all places. Amen. He says, that he, he says, then your lives will be an advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted Him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And then you skip right on down to Ephesians 2 and what does it say? And he says, and He raised you and we are now seated. He raised Christ and then He raised us and He seated us with Christ in heavenly places. The very same power, the very same authority that Jesus has, we have. The same power that God, that mighty power that God exerted, the strongest act of His, the strongest showing of His power that God ever did was when He raised Jesus from the dead. Then He turned around and He put that same power on the inside of you. And He said, now, go be an advertisement for me. Go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. Well, Pastor, I just don't believe that. Well, then you won't walk in it. You know, uh, people, I hear Joseph Morris say it all the time. Joseph Morris will say things. He said, people will tell him, I just don't believe in that rapture. And and Joseph will say, well, it's still going to happen whether you believe it or not. You'll just miss it. You know, if you don't believe in the supernatural power of God, then just miss out on it. But we don't have to. That same power lives on the inside of us. He's filled us with His Spirit. I mean, He's, he's given us the opportunity to be, to be, not only to have Him living in us, but to be filled with His Spirit, to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to walk in power that, that, even, that, even, the, that even the prophets of the Old Testament long to look for. They long for the day that you and I live in. Come on. Resurrection power. It's living on the inside of every one of you that believe. And if you're not a believer, then that resurrection power can be in your life today. Simply by confessing Jesus as your Savior and believing in your heart that God did what we talked about this morning, that God literally raised Him from the dead and then turned that power and pointed it toward you and say, now you go. 
Jesus was a great advertisement for God when he, the Bible, Hebrews tells us that, that he was the, the exact representation of God while he was on this earth. And then after he, after God raised Jesus from the dead, you know what he did? He turned right around and he put that same power in us and he told us, now you go and be that representation of me. You go represent me to the world. Unfortunately, a lot of people have represented him in the wrong way. No power, sad and depressed, weak and sick. The same, come on, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, is that, does that do something to you on the inside of you? The same power that raised Jesus that raised Jesus from the grave. The same power that, that robbed hell that day. That busted hell wide open and said, you know what, you can't have Him. That same power is living on the inside of you. Now tell me again what kind of problems you're having. And why are you having those problems? Because... That same power that just raised God, that raised Jesus from the dead, is living on the inside of you. If you will believe. If you will put your trust, if you'll put your trust in what God's done, friend, I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, there'll be no stopping us. We'll be a force that Satan will, will regret the day that heard this message. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. There has to come a choice in your life where you say, you know what, I believe that. I accept that. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe that same power is living on the inside of me. Now I'm going to go be that advertisement for you. Not puffing, up, not puffing ourselves up saying, look at me, look at me. But everything we do, we say, look at him. That same power that's, that raised Jesus from the dead, that's what you're just experiencing. I told, I don't know if I told that story. We went to that worship conference, and, I, and I'm finishing. I know I've run over, but, but we went to that worship conference last weekend, and this lady, <clears throat> this lady that was there was telling the story, and she sat down in that airplane. And, and uh, did I tell you all that story last week? I may have, but I'll tell it again. It's good. <clears throat> but she sat down in that airplane, and, and the guy sitting beside her, you know, he started sweating, and sweat beads were, sweat beads were coming off his face. And, and she looked over, and she thought that he was just, you know, afraid, that, afraid of flying. And, uh, and she thought, well, I, I need to, you know, pray for him. And said, he looks pretty, pretty miserable. And, you know, and, and so they're taxiing down the runway, getting ready to fly off. And he just looks over at her and he says, what is that? <laughs> and immediately she knew. She said, I can tell you what that is. She said, that's Jesus. And he says, I, he says, I am, he said, there's heat coming off you. He said, I am, he said, you are making me so hot, I'm sweating. He said, I, I mean, he said, he said, what is that? And she says, I can give you, she said, I can give you what I have. And, and she found out that he had a bad back and she just touched his, touched his shoulder, prayed for him. His back was healed. He received Jesus. He had been a, he had been an atheist and, and been doing all kinds of other religions. But just like that. Why? Because she carried something in her. And she wasn't afraid to let it come out. Friend, you can do the same thing. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Amen. Bow your heads with me real quick. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, 
I'd love to be able to introduce you to him. Man, he's my best friend, and, and he's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then we would love to give you an opportunity to know him. Anybody here at all, just with the raising of your hand, say, say, Pastor, I'm not a Christian. I've, I've never met Jesus. I've never experienced him like what you're talking about, but I want to find out more today. Anybody at all? We want to give you that opportunity and want to share, share the love of God with you. Anybody at all? Let's stand to our feet just for a moment. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Here's what I want to do. I'm just going to pray over you corporately. And I'm just, going to, I'm just going to pray that God would release an understanding of what you have on the inside of you. That, that every one of us would, would have a clear knowledge and understanding of the power that's living on the inside of us. You see, because I can't lay hands on you and release that power. It's already in you. You are the only one that, that, that can release it in your life. Now you can learn about it, you can, you can read about it, you can study other people, and, and that's wonderful and that's great. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to, to the question of what Jesus asked Mary, or Martha that day when He was talking about the resurrection. He, he told her, He said, I'm the resurrection and I have life, and if you believe in Me, you know, you, you'll never die and you can have resurrection power right now. Then he looked at her and said, do you believe? My question to you today is simply this, church. Do you believe that same power that raised, God, raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of you? And if you believe that, then I'm just going to pray a prayer of, of, of just power over you. I'm going to pray and just ask God just to open up your heart and open up your mind just to where you, you'll know how to release that. And we talk about it, we teach about it. But, but listen, when it comes down to it, really, the question is, do you believe? Amen. So let's just lift our hands up. <clears throat> Father, I just pray right now. Now, Father, I, there wasn't a hand in here that went up that said they didn't know you. So, Father, I'm, I'm assuming that, Father, we are, we have, we are, are a building full of believers. Father, that means that every single person that's hearing my voice right now in this building has the same power that raised you from the dead living on the inside of them. Now, Father, my prayer is that, that every one of us, would we would simply make that statement to say, I believe. And then we would walk in it. And we would experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That we would experience that power in our lives. Not only, not only healing our bodies and, and taking, breaking bondages in our bodies and, and just the victory over sin and all of that. Lord, but that we would take it and that we would be the best advertisement for you that we could be. That people would be, would, they would flock to us to find out about Jesus. And Father, that you would be lifted up and exalted. So, Father, I, I release that power right now on these people. And I just ask you, Father, to do a mighty work in them. Lord, may we walk out of this place a different person today. Challenged, excited, Father, encouraged. That we would know that we have the answer on the inside of us, and it's Jesus. The greater one lives on the inside of us. So whatever need, Father, whatever needs are in the building today... Father, if there's people that need healing, then, Father, I pray that, that even, as, even as we say amen and walk out the doors, Lord, they will experience that healing. 
If people need deliverance, Lord, that they would that those chains and those bondages would fall off right here, right now. And Father, we just receive that. And we rejoice, Father. We rejoice in what you've done for us. And what and who lives on the inside of us. And we're going to walk out of this place and be the best advertisement that we could be for you as we declare Jesus to a lost and dying world. We love you, Father. And we honor you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that, that you were blessed by today. Thank you for coming.